This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. Always an honor and a blessing to be with you. Saturdays, noon, KSLR, AM 630, and then 1230 gets uploaded to podcast platform of your choice. And right here, Thursdays, Facebook Live from KSLR. So we're going to continue to pray and seek God and see what KSLR does in Salem Media as far as uh, setting up maybe a home studio All right, I want to do some teaching today. I don't have an interview guest, uh, but I do want to point you to Jesus and talk about him as teacher. And I want to do a little bit of a throwback for Facebook Live. It's Throwback Thursday. I don't know about you listening on Saturday or later and your time shifting. But for me, I'm going to go back to uh, some of my high school memories of teachers. One of them who was great and really impacted me. Another one of them who was very smart. Uh, but I did not receive the same sort of teaching, so uh, I will talk about that in just a few minutes. But here's how I want to start with you guys. I'm wondering right now with all the craziness, all the madness, if people are praying more. Now, before I go any further, I do want to tell you, of course, on Facebook Live, Chris and I prayed for you. But at the end of this, I will pray for you as well. So if you're not up for my teaching today and you missed the prayer earlier, you can come back in about 22 minutes or so if you just need prayer. Does that sound good? Fair enough? All right. So I'm wondering if more people in general are praying, and I'm asking, what are you praying about? Protection for you, protection for the people you love, praying for those decision makers and doctors and nurses and researchers. Maybe maybe you're praying for those people that are more at risk right now. How about this? Financial concerns. I'm hearing from people whose job just shut down or shut off for now. There are job concerns, and these are legitimate. These are challenging times, so I want to pray for you as well. And uh, just to share one or two things we've been praying for as a family, it's and it's almost a running joke. You know, I do coaches Bible studies here in San Antonio, Johnson High School, and at Brandeis High School. Today I'm representing Brandeis. Uh, but at Johnson, we almost keep two things on the prayer board every week when we ask, what do you need prayer for? Wisdom and health. Wisdom and health. And we've been praying in my household for wisdom and, of course, health, as we all are. Wisdom because our youngest son, who's 21 years old, David, he is currently in Amsterdam, Netherlands. He's about two-thirds of the way into a nine-month Bible training school put on by Youth with a Mission, also known as YWAM. We're very, very proud of him. And at the end of nine months, essentially, he would have read through the Bible five times, which is just amazing. You know, our good friend Rocco Grimaldi is reading through the Bible in 30 days right now. In fact, he's going for it in 23 days because that's his number. So that is just amazing that Rocco's doing that. And then it just staggers my mind that at the end of nine months, David would have read through the Bible five times. So awesome. Then yesterday, you know how in this world right now, just things change so fast. So yesterday we we received word that they're shifting. They're going to shut it down. They're going to do something. I don't even have all the details, but uh, at that time we were trying to figure out if David was going to need to come home like tomorrow, Friday. 
and uh, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to ask wisdom of God. And right before we came on air, we got a text from David, and I'm not. I'm going to spare you all the details, but uh, saying that he is allowed to stay uh, in there. And so, um, anyway, we have been seeking God and wisdom, and I'm sure that you are too for the different things that you're trying to figure out. So, I want to tell you, just remind you. Um, even as we've been working through that, you might listen and think, oh, good, I'm glad he's staying. He's probably better there. Or you might be thinking, oh, he should come home. Uh, and I know you don't have all the facts. We don't even have all the facts and all the foresight, do we? But we know the God who has it all figured out. He's got all the facts. He's got all the foresight. He's got it all. And he's our God. He is Abba Father. He is caring. He is compassionate. He is kind. He is glorious. He is beautiful perfection. He is just and merciful judge. He's the giver of life and forgiveness and the Holy Spirit and giver of eternal life. And let's add just another category to whatever you're going through, giver of wisdom. So let's hit some scriptures today on that. What do you say? The first one is this, James 1, verse 5. I'm going to read a couple of verses. I find it pretty interesting, uh, the tone that James takes. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Now, what I want to do is just stop right there because Man, that really comforts me just to understand. If we lack wisdom, do you ever recognize opportunities like right now, maybe that you're lacking wisdom as you're trying to figure things out, that you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Even those people that I talked about that are just seeking God, it's a good time just to ask, you know, God, are you out there? Are you real? Now, James is going to kind of shift the tone and uh and he kind of gets a little hardcore, I think, maybe, but I don't know what you think. This is what it says in verse 6. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Well, Brother James, you came on pretty strong there. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Like I said, it kind of sounds a little harsh to me. On the one hand, God gives generously to all without finding fault. On the other, if you doubt, you shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. Now, the only comfort I take from what looks like a harsh tone on the surface is that, you know, it kind of tastes like it too, kind of feels like it too to me, just kidding, is that this is the confidence that James, who's very black and white, has that God is generous and God desires to help you when you lack wisdom. So why would you ever doubt it? So that's the way James seems to be thinking. Look, I know this God. He loves you. He cares about you. He wants to give you wisdom. So why would you ever doubt? Just stay focused on believing and trusting that he wants to give you wisdom. Boy, doesn't that help when you look at it a little bit different light, a little bit different perspective, because we all need wisdom for many different things going on, not just now, but if life was quote unquote normal, we still want his wisdom. So I'm going with that. So where do you need wisdom today? Today, I invite you to push aside doubts and stand with James and say, God is generous. God desires to give me wisdom. I'm listening, God, for your wisdom. I'm seeking your wisdom in your word. 
and through my personal trainer, and no, I'm not talking about Joby at CrossFit in this case, but the Holy Spirit inside me who is my guide, coach, and comforter. And I recognize that when I'm not sure how to pray, that same Holy Spirit, as we just said last week, is interceding on my behalf. Further, if you read in Romans 8 or do it today later, you see that Jesus himself is at the right hand of God the Father interceding on your behalf. That's a lot of firepower right there. Chris and I just prayed for you. But you've got the Holy Spirit praying for you. You've got Jesus, the Son of God, at the right hand of God, the Father interceding on your behalf. Man, can you just stop, pause, and say, man, God is for me. The Holy Spirit is for me. Jesus is for me. In addition to that, we get to seek godly counsel through brothers and sisters in Christ who you recognize and realize that they have some wisdom that they have some experience. That's a gift from God as well. So would you even just in this moment take a moment and approach the throne of grace with confidence? You don't have to walk into God's presence like sheepishly. I don't want to bother you, God. I don't know. You've got a lot going on. We want you to approach the throne of grace with confidence. He wants you there. He wants that relationship to give you wisdom. So do those words sound a little bit familiar, The approaching the throne of grace with confidence? I've got another scripture I want to read for you. Hebrews 4.14, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. He empathizes with our weaknesses. Also in Hebrews, it says, not ashamed to call us brother or sister. Knows our weaknesses, knows your weaknesses, knows mine, but is for you, is with you, is on your side. Desires to give you mercy and grace in this your time of need. Isn't it great to know our Savior is able to empathize with us? Is, is that just me, though? I mean, I think that's awesome. I think we miss the importance of this sometimes and this unique quality that this is in our Savior, that he really cares and empathizes. All right. Sometimes I think when I'm just a little bit off in my understanding of who God is, that I tend to think of God as more like my trigonometry teacher. This is Throwback Thursday for Facebook Live. Now, I can hear some of you say, Steve, you never took trig. Come on, man. Come on, bro. I don't believe it. I took it. I took it. I didn't say I excelled it. I took it, and then I put it back. I do think I passed. I'm not sure how, though. I don't know how that happened. But I do remember dropping the uh, second semester, whatever came after trig. I was over that, you know, my senior year in high school. That was at the Dodds. School. That's right. For some of you who are military brats, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody else is like a Dodd school. What's that? 
Department of Defense Dependent School. I think that's what that long acronym is for. Frankfurt American High School in West Germany. That's kind of a weird thought, huh? Not just Germany, West Germany. The Frankfurt American High School Eagles Fly, Eagles Fly. I'm kidding. I don't know that we had a slogan. I have no idea. What I do know is that our trigonometry teacher had about as much empathy as, I don't know, this this water bottle, (laughs) possibly less. might have been close. First class of the morning every day for me was that first semester was in the annex there on the base across from the Idle Hour movie theater, or at least in the vicinity. Not all memories are created equal, but I do remember that Idle Hour movie theater right there. First period trig, tough way to start the day. Now, let me ask you about teachers that you've had, and I promise that I know many teachers uh, join in on this broadcast, and all the ones I know are great, and I just want to say thank you. I mean, uh, let me just say thank you, first of all, to our teachers who care so much about our students. You guys, uh, man, all these different teachers that I get to work with that I know, they're just coming into my mind right now. Thank you for caring for your students. It's an incredible just ministry. I'm thinking about uh, a friend of mine who was talking about just really like empowering a, a first grader who somebody else just could not see, you know, the same thing that she could see in this student and just empowering that student, which, of course, empowered the parent. Uh, I just it's just amazing. So I want to say to my teacher friends and my teacher sister, Kathy and Rob, uh, Kathy's birthday was yesterday. Rob's a week ago. They care about their students so much. So it's just incredible. So I'm going to talk also about a teacher who's had a very positive impact. Obviously, my trig teacher is uh, not one that had this great impact on me. So and I'll tell you why. And I know you teachers are not like this and you coaches are not like this either. But my trick teacher was one of those guys who seemed to mock students who couldn't figure it out. So fun atmosphere for learning. And then he would uh, walk to the board and his hand would be as quick as the karate kid, you know, paint the fence, wax the floor. I mean, the, the whole thing, all of it, you know, just the hands just flying around. And as he was trying to explain it just really quickly, and I'd be like, at that point, I'd be like, did I accidentally walk into a German school? Did I get off at the wrong bus stop here? Because I might as well have been in a German school instead of that American school. Uh, it doesn't matter if you said it in English or German or Pig Latin or anything else. Now, I, I was not picking up on it. And, yes, that means part of it was was me. But let me tell you something I believe about uh, my trig teacher. I think he was really smart. I think that trig and all the math things that I didn't get – I think he was gifted at it. I know he was smart. And I think the few kids in the class that were likewise gifted, I'm sure they just got it. But the majority of us, we needed a teacher who could break it down for us. Didn't just have the gift of math, but the gift of teaching, who had the ability to somehow see or understand what wasn't clicking for us and then help us to get there. And, you know, that just wasn't him. But... Amazingly, by contrast, that is Jesus. He cares. Here's someone who perfectly loved God the Father all the time, always perfectly represented God. Every word he spoke, he said, was just what he heard from God the Father. He always brought glory to God the Father. 
And yet when it comes to us and our imperfections, our flaws, our faults, of which I have many, I don't know about you, but I got a ton of them. And yet the scriptures, the Bible confidently declares he went through it all flawlessly, faultlessly, perfectly, unscathed, without blemish, a hundred every day, and yet empathizes with us, feels it, knows what it's like to be tempted to choose wrong, tempted to make the wrong decisions. But now he doesn't just stand at the board and say, you idiots, you morons, you idiots, what's wrong with you? He doesn't say that. His empathy empowers us, empowers you. That's what it's supposed to do. He understands us and so perfectly understands how to help us in our time of need, our time when we need grace. So can you just pause even for a second or two and just say, Jesus, thank you. And say it with confidence. Thank you for understanding my flaws, my weaknesses, and for caring and empathizing with me. Thank you. Thank you for offering help and grace now. I appreciate it. So Jesus is not like my trig teacher. So glad you're not. You want to know my best high school teacher? I'm sure you do. I'm sure you woke up this morning just with that question burning on your mind. I just have to know Steve's favorite best high school teacher. Let me say this first. That's a joke, by the way. My gosh. Let me say this first. Before moving to Frankfurt, Germany, soar, eagles, soar. I'm just kidding. I still have no idea if we had a slogan. I went for the first three years of high school to a top-level, huge reputation high school in Fairfax County, Northern Virginia. Yes, West Springfield. One guess, our mascot. You can put it below if you're on Facebook Live. You ever see the Saturday Night Live cheerleader sketch, Will Ferrell? Uh, Same mascot, same mascot. Of course, all Springfield schools are this mascot, I think. You, you can comment below if you know. I'll send you um, nothing. I'll send you my congratulations. I'm kidding. All right. Anyway, it's a great school. All the test scores, kids literally scoring perfect 1600s on their SATs, which was good because I was bringing down the test scores and they had to maintain that reputation. And my idea of doing really well on a standardized test, it was coloring in the bubble Scantron sheets with perfection. I think I expected someone when I was younger from Iowa to be alerted by a computer that someone had finally cracked the code and just done such a great job with their number two pencil, just getting that just right with such precision. I'm still waiting on that phone call. (laughs) All that to say, I did have some good teachers and good coaches at West Springfield. I really did. Also had a coach who if we had a head-to-head battle with my trig teacher in an empathy off, uh, man, it'd be too close to call. I don't know. But I digress. Chris, you can put that on my tombstone. Just I digress. I like that. Some solid teachers. Okay. And as I was thinking about Mr. Knutson, oh man, my ninth grade history teacher, that guy was stellar. That guy was awesome. Impacted my life. I'm so grateful for him. I'm so grateful the stuff he made us do that was hard at the time. We didn't want to do, but has made a difference in my life even today. So thanks, Mr. Knutson. Uh, for your influence, and again, you teachers out there as well. I had some other good ones too. I had had some great ones there at West Springfield, but my best teacher, Mr. Moriwaki, my government teacher. 
Now, what magic did this guy pull off to bring something forth in me that since first grade excellence, which I had then, a first grade, I peaked very early, but then my excellence in academics had remained fairly dormant until that point. So what did Mr. Morwaki do? First of all, when you have a great, great teacher, I don't know about for you, but for me, you can't always just identify what it is that they have. However, I thought about it. And as I was thinking back, I thought Mr. Morawaki had a passion, a passion that for me was contagious. And it was a passion for government, but it was a passion. Further, he had a gift for explaining it. He had a passion, but he also had a patience for students. He cared. And in that environment with that teacher, I excelled. Now, you know I want to point you to Jesus, but you'll let me offer a humble brag that I remember the first test in government coming back that senior year. And I had, now again, we were talking about a significant academic slump here, one that was almost so impressive in its lack that you feel like it should have been noteworthy for at least being so consistent over the many years. So kindly celebrate the miraculous that is coming in this humble brag. I got the highest grade in the class on that test. Now, that was an upset. Maybe not quite David versus Goliath, but it was shocking nonetheless. Now, I don't recall the smartest guy in the class. I don't recall his last name, but yes, his first name was Truman. And uh, Truman, to that point, he was the only first name Truman I had known. Now, much later, the Truman Show comes. Truman Cornwell, there are some great Trumans out there. The list goes on. But at that point, Truman was my first first name, Truman, and he had an academic reputation. Mr. Morawaki walked over to Truman, and I don't recall his exact score, but he called it out. I do remember that. I'm going to say maybe it was like a 91. And listen, it was a difficult test, folks, so just stop judging right here. I know my high school students today, they get extra credit. They wind up with 150 on their scores. But this was out of 100. That was it. And it was 91. And he said, very good, Truman, 91. Then he built up to anticipation a desk or two away. He walked over loud enough. He announced to me, now don't get too excited. It's not 100. I know you're cheering for me, but uh, it was a 94, and it was the highest grade in the test. Again, I don't recall Truman's last name. I don't recall his test score specifically, but I do remember, I can picture today Mr. Morawaki walking around the government class, the happy, pleased tone of him as he announced my score loud enough for plenty of people to hear. Now, this isn't Truman's story to tell, but I happen to know that day did not defeat him, uh, just so you know, but it lifted me. It called forth something in me, my competitive instincts, this ability I had but had been kind of on chill on the down low. And I went on to become valedictorian. No, 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 no. That You can't do that. You can't come back from your 3.0 average. But I did get the highest grade in the class. It's too bad they don't have a long Latin name for when you have the highest grade in the class. Maybe they do, but nobody ever told me. Uh, so now I do want to point you to Jesus, the teacher. And I want to tell you he is passionate about life, life with God, also known as the abundant life also known as eternal life, starting right here on earth. 
He is passionate about you experiencing love. He is passionate about you understanding joy. He is passionate about you growing in peace. And that passion comes with patience because Jesus cares, because Jesus loves you. Is he your teacher? Are you just seeking him now? Is he your teacher? What are you learning from him? What has Jesus been patiently trying to help you experience? How's he been trying to help you to grow, develop, and make progress in the faith? Jesus as teacher. Jesus sees something in you that you don't even see yourself. How could that be? Because God designed you. Perhaps your giftedness is lying there dormant. Perhaps your giftedness has been beaten down by the lies of comparison, that another person's gift or talent looks so cool that you thought, if only you had that gift, man, you'd be set. Yet, I want you to know there is something that God designed for you that Jesus wants to identify in you, call forth, celebrate, develop, and just let loose. Just turn you loose with that gift. So can you for a minute just imagine and ask Jesus, teacher, is there something I'm missing? Am I not celebrating a unique gift about myself because I'm so distracted by what the world says is cool or because I'm so attracted to someone else's talents that instead I, 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 instead of letting you, Jesus, nurture the very gifts you intended for me, am I, am I missing it? I want you to listen because I just believe there is something inside of you that is unique to you. And like I said, the world, the lies of Satan, our own insecurities, they want to keep it down. And Jesus, as teacher, wants to call it forth and wants to identify it and use it for his honor and his glory. And man, when Jesus is using your gift and when your gift is is being used, man, it feels pretty good. So I want to encourage you today to know that. Remember, he called forth greatness in Simon as we are going through the Rock the World series, which is not done. We're just kind of on a parenthesis as we're talking about these sort of crazy times. But remember how he called forth greatness in Simon when he said, from now on, I'm calling you Rock. That was when he first met Simon. Rock, Peter is what he called him. And I know my military friends, I know, I know Thad out there. He thinks that Jesus might mean He was saying, you're dumb as rocks, because that's how it works in the military. But we know from this context, that was not it. Jesus recognized the leadership ability, the strength of who Simon was, that he was Peter, a rock. So Jesus, as we just look back, he's the wisdom giver. Don't forget that. Jesus is the empathetic high priest and grace giver in our time of need. And Jesus is passionate and a patient teacher. Now, what do you think of when I say Jesus as teacher? Did a scripture or a story just kind of bounce into your head? I bet there could be so many things, right? Some of the different parables that he taught. He was an amazing, amazing teacher. But there were two things for me today, and I want to share them with you that just from the scriptures, when I was thinking about Jesus as teacher, and the first one is this, Matthew 11, verse 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, all of you, you're just tired. You're worn out by life, this new situation, new circumstances, 
Let me get back to the scripture. That's just reminding you of what that is. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and listen to these words, and learn from me. Jesus wants to teach you. Learn from him, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. First of all, do you hear that? Just that weary and burdened, worn out by life, worn out maybe from trying to earn God's love, worn out from just trying to find that joy and that peace in other things. Jesus says, come to me. I will give you rest, rest for your souls. Hear the teacher, learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart. Learn from me, watch me, spend time with me, listen. I'm gentle and humble in heart. That's our teacher, gentle and humble in heart. Empathetic, check. Caring, gentle and humble in heart, check, check, check. That's crazy. Learn from me, Jesus says. That's our teacher. Now, my probably misguided attempt to draw a modern-day parallel from Jesus talking about that yoke, that would mean that he was either drawing an illustration from oxen and the yoke that they would share, or metaphorically, often the yoke talked about the burden of God's law and demands. So today, I'm going to put it something like this. I remember, this is a while ago, obviously, I told you David's our youngest at 21, But when they were much younger in elementary school, and sometimes these first and second graders would have backpacks with these multiple heavy books, and their little shoulders and posture was just beat down and worn down, I kept expecting them to fall over backwards and just be like turtles on their back, you know? That's kind of what trying to follow the law of the old covenant can feel like just the burden of carrying all the books of laws and demands and regulations is just a backpack full of books just stressful then jesus comes along and is like i fulfilled that big old heavy backpack you can put it down now i took all that yes all scripture is still useful all scripture still breathed out by god I took all that, I put it on a thumb drive, and here you go. You can put it on your pocket and just follow me. If you like your backpack, then strap on my teaching, my law, to your back. Mine is light. It's light. It's not going to weigh you down, not, not going to mess up your posture. It's the right fit. doesn't wear you out. doesn't feel like demanding work. feels like an enjoyable walk. That's Jesus, the teacher. Come to me, and I'll give you rest. Learn from me, Jesus says. He is teacher. Now, a few verses earlier, Jesus gave praise to God the Father for teaching too, for loving to teach people who are hungry to know him and call out and say, I want to know more. I want to know your heart. I want to know who you are. God just loves to teach and to reveal that. So Jesus gave a a praise to God the Father. He said in 1125, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. It's not all about intelligence either. It's about people being dependent upon God or dependent upon themselves. 
And sometimes people are so intelligent that they just think they're self-sufficient. They don't recognize or realize their need of God. But many intelligent people, man, C.S. Lewis, thank you so much. Some of those atheists, great atheists, became great defenders of the faith, including the Apostle Paul, who was one of the smartest, most educated men there was. Uh, So I love that. Yes, Father, this is what you were pleased to do. All right. So I mentioned that two thoughts about teacher came to my mind, even though you could come up with probably 100. The other one is this. The first person to ever witness and interact with the resurrected Savior, Jesus, was Mary Magdalene. And she had this beautifully, wonderful, confusing interaction at the tomb, which I just think is great. As she first thought Jesus was the gardener. This is the risen Christ, and she's in a state of just utter shock, utter grief. Her world has been turned upside down. And Jesus, whom she does not yet recognize, says, why are you crying? And Mary Magdalene thinks he is the gardener, says, where did you take his body to? Tell me where and I'll go get him. And John 20, verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary, at the sound of Jesus saying her name, she gets it. That light switch goes on. It's Jesus. He is risen from the dead. But the first word she says is teacher. That's her response. And that comes to my mind. She cried out teacher. John even puts it in the Aramaic for us in his gospel there. Rabboni, Rabboni, teacher. I'm not sure why, but that being her first word to him, teacher, and the fact that Jesus, teacher, but also now clearly risen, resurrected, death-conquering, Satan-whooping, going to ascend to the right hand of God the Father, where every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord, is still so personal a teacher that when he calls her by her name, Mary, the light goes on. I pray that you today, especially as you're seeking or maybe just need that affirmation, that encouragement from our empathetic Lord and Savior and teacher, I pray today that as you are seeking his wisdom, as you are seeking grace and mercy in your time of need, when you are needing a caring, empathetic, but empowering high priest, a passionate but patient teacher, a passionate but patient teacher, that you will also stop and hear his voice say your name. He's not just passionate about teaching you truth or even information. He's not just passionate about teaching you abundant life. He's passionate about knowing you in a deep and authentic, personal way. And maybe going back to James and that wisdom thing, maybe that's why he can sound so harsh Uh, To me, maybe I'm misreading him because James knows how deeply Jesus cares about us in such a personal way that how could we ever think anything less but that Jesus wants to give us his wisdom. Jesus is passionate about you. Approach him today with confidence and assurance. He's here for you. He's ready to help. He's patient. He's loving He is such a personal God who loves you. No matter what, he's ready to help. Now, I want to close this by praying with you because I told you I would. 
And I want to ask God in this time for someone who is seeking you, Father, to know that you really are this personal God, this loving God. I ask you, Lord, um, just to reveal to someone who needs to hear this, uh, not just this, hear your voice. God, our Father, I would just love if you would just speak their name and their spirit and their heart. If you want to go crazy and be audible, go crazy and be audible. You are God and I am not. Maybe there's something else, just a picture that you want to give them, something very personal that is going to speak to them. You are so vast and so powerful and so loving and so caring, so compassionate, God, our Father, that you can do that. So, God, that is my prayer to you, and my prayer for these people is this. Lord God, Abba Father, thank you for caring. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for being so personal. Thank you for understanding our weaknesses, our faults, our flaws. Thank you for still just empathizing and empowering us with grace and mercy. Some of us today really need to hear from you, Lord God. We've been walking with you, but we really need to hear from you, Lord. Maybe it's just through your scripture, but maybe it's also through your Holy Spirit that you will reaffirm something in their heart, that they are loved, that they are your daughter, that they are your child, your son. Speak to them, Lord God. And I pray now for those who are seeking you and do not yet know you, Lord God, reveal yourself in such a way that they get it. And they say, man, this is real. Yeah, it's real. God, you do that. Let them call upon your name and you will bless them and you will empower them with all your grace and love and relationship and abundant life and eternal life. So be glorified. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth, dying for us so that we can have all this. Thank you that we have all that wisdom, all of it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. It is in your name we pray. Amen. All right. And that's it for today. But I want you to know that um, I feel God's love for you. I feel God's affection for you. I want you to experience his wisdom and experience his power today. And I want you to hear him call you by name. He is that personal and powerful of God. And he just loves you so much. Uh, I know some people just sometimes think, man, I've just done you, Steve, you don't know the, the garbage I've done. I mean, he would never love me, but man, we've all done garbage. It may be different looking kind of garbage, but we've all done garbage. That's why Jesus came for each and every one of us. He desires that all people would have a relationship with him and be saved. And that's why he came. He paid for it all so that you can have that relationship. So you call on his name. You say, Jesus, I want that. I want that. And let him answer you. You can reach me, Steve, at verybold.com. You can comment below. You can direct message me through Very Bold. I would love to pray for you. Um, please know that during these difficult times, I have not forgotten about people dealing with finances. I have not forgot about people with a lot of questions, just trying to figure it out. And I'm praying for Jesus to reveal his wisdom to you. Uh, I'm in a situation where silver and gold have I none, as uh, Peter and John said. But, man, I pray for you, God's protection from this disease. I pray God's healing for people that are going through other medical situations right now. I'm praying for you as well. I have such a hope, don't you? That comes from 2 Corinthians 3.12. The Apostle Paul said this. It means we're getting ready to close it down. I love you guys. This is what Paul wrote. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. 
Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. Steve at VeryBold.com